Hello, I'm John Perry. And I'm Ken Taylor. Coming up after the news, it's philosophy talk. Our topic today, the indispensable emotions. Oh, come on, indispensable? They mostly just get in your way. They cloud your judgment, make you make rash decisions. We'd be better off without anger and jealousy and resentment and all that stuff around. Oh, fooey, Ken, you sound like Mr. Spock on Star Trek. He, he thought that if we didn't have emotions, we'd always make good decisions. That's baloney. Fear is often what keeps us from doing really stupid things. Love can deceive us, but for many of us, love has been what makes a great life possible. So, are emotions helpful or harmful? Do they make us more or less sensible? What role do they play in a well-lived life? We'll discuss these questions and more with our guest, Professor Martha Nussbaum from the University of Chicago when Philosophy Talk continues after the news. Welcome to Philosophy Talk, the program that questions everything. Except your intelligence. I'm Ken Taylor. And I'm John Perry. We're coming to you from the studios of KALW here in lovely San Francisco. Well, at least I am. I can't see Ken anywhere. Where are you, Ken? Uh, I'm down under, John. I'm in Canberra, Australia, at the studios of the Australian Broadcasting Corporation, where I'm here because I'm a visiting fellow at the Australian National University. It's a great place. Well, that's, it's a great place, and it's great that you're there, but I question your intelligence, frankly, uh, because... You gave up a California summer for an Australia winter. Well, but this place is a hotbed of philosophical activity, so I'm having a great time despite the winter. Well, Ken's in Australia, and I'm here in San Francisco. We're continuing conversations that begin at Philosopher's Corner on the Stanford campus. And from there, they migrate to the air via the signal of KALW. And from the air, they migrate to the Internet via our blog, the blog.philosophytalk.org. Go, go check it out. Today we're talking about emotions. Now, uh, emotions include things like anger, joy, envy, jealousy, love, shame, disgust, guilt, and many others. Ken, usually when we think about the mind, we divide it into thoughts, uh, parts of uh, thinking, you know, that's kind of just pretty ethereal, and sensations or feelings like pain that really feel like something, but they're quite different from thoughts. But where do emotions fit into that? Well, it depends on who you talk to. People, philosophers have said everything possible about the emotions. Their bodily, their bodily responses of some kind, their, their feelings that aren't quite bodily responses, their thoughts. I mean, there's an intuitive difference, though, between a thought and a feeling. Look, I think dispassionately, calmly, there's a bear over there. He's about to eat me, right? And there's no emotion there. But suppose I think, there's a bear over there. He's about to eat me. I better run, right? The first is kind of emotionless, and the second is suffused with feeling. So so the it wouldn't be anger if you didn't have that thought there. There wasn't something you were, I mean, excuse me, it wouldn't be fear. you got to be fearful about something. But just to think that you're in danger isn't enough. There does seems to be a, a, a feeling element in there. But you think some philosophers don't agree with that? Well, it's a, it's a complicated thing. There's another kind of question. What are the emotions good for? You know, Hume wanted to base all of ethics basically on the emotions. Go back to Aristotle. He thought that ethics had a, uh, the emotions had a role in ethics, but only a certain role. Go up to Kant. He thought, my God, we should just banish the emotions from ethical considerations. 20th century, the emotions just dropped out for a, a long time, and now they're kind of back. So... You know, it's a big deal, this stuff about the emotions. My favorite philosopher, Hume, said that reason is and ought to be the slave of the passions. And by the passion, passions, he meant the emotions. 
I'll bet your favorite philosopher, Kant, didn't agree with that at all. No, he didn't agree with that at all. Again, he just thought if you acted on the emotion, you couldn't be living a morally correct life. The emotions just could not be proper motivations for a morally good person. But you know what? That's, that debate about between Kant and Hume, it's also played out in popular culture. And a roving philosophical reporter, Amy Standen, files this report. Captain's log, Stardate We're watching Star Trek, the next generation, and Data, Starship Enterprise's favorite android, is about to come home. Home of our android crew member, Lieutenant Commander Data. Although we do it our next assignment, I have decided to visit Data's home planet for a few hours in the hopes of unraveling some of the mystery of his beginnings. Sir, we are now 20 minutes from Omicron Theta. While exploring his home planet, Data discovers another android who looks exactly like him. For a robot, Data sounds pretty excited about the discovery. Data, we don't know that this can become alive. It is very important for me to know that, sir. I never dreamed it was possible that I might find some link with a form like my own. Understood. We'll take it back to the ship with us. Data is said to not have emotions. He also says he never has feelings. Linda Wetzel teaches a course called Philosophy and Star Trek at Georgetown University. And yet there are many episodes where he does things which we would naturally describe as expressing puzzlement or expressing anticipation or gratitude or something. The most spectacular example being he wants to have emotions. He desires emotions. He wants to be human. He's pining for it, almost, one might say. Now, if these aren't terms for emotions, I don't know what they are. To say that he doesn't have emotions is just false. What Data doesn't seem to do is get angry or envious. Perhaps if we make some sort of distinction between higher emotions and lower emotions and say that, you know, lower emotions like rage, for example, that's the sort of very intense emotion that he's not capable of, but that he is capable of these sort of higher order emotions that have a powerful intellectual component. Do some emotions involve our intellect and others not? Data's brother, Lore, it turns out, was designed to have emotions, mostly the lower kind, and he says this makes him more human than Data could ever be. Haven't you noticed how easily I handle human speech. I use their contractions. For example, I say, can't, or isn't. And you say, cannot, and is not. <laughs> I say, tomato, and you say, tomato. I say, potato, and you say, potato. <laughs> yeah. A very old joke. But then you also have trouble with their humor. Am I right? Does it take emotions to get jokes? If Data were really true to character, maybe he wouldn't have a sense of humor. But he wouldn't be happy to see his brother, either. Still, it's hard to fault the scriptwriters. What kind of character do you make out of a robot with no emotions whatsoever? I guess it would have to be something that was perfectly machine-like, just uh, has a function and performs its function, and like a garage door opener can do things. It can open the garage door. It has a sensing device for when the car comes home and it can open the door. And the computer, which we would say doesn't have emotions, doesn't have feelings, but whether we would want to call them beings, I don't know. 
half emotions, half logic. Data is somewhere in between a garage door opener and a human being, but where? Sounds like another mission for the Starship Enterprise. Number one, have you ever considered whether Data is more human or less human than we want? I only wish we were all as well balanced, sir. Agreed. For Philosophy Talk, this is Amy Stander. Want to hear more? You can hear the rest of the program by purchasing it at iTunes Music. Or, for unlimited listening, become a subscriber at philosophytalk.org.